the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Stream like to Facebook and YouTube. So last week I clicked YouTube first and that's where it went. So uh, I'm going to stick with Facebook right now, but I found a new a new platform. It's called uh, OBS uh, something or another. It's, a, it's a, an OBS takeoff and you can actually stream out to multiple sites through Zoom. So I'm going to try and get that up and running so we can get that out to YouTube and Twitch and everywhere else. But I'm starting to figure it out, Ken. Well, that's good because it's all Greek to me. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> and I'm I'm Greek, too. <laughs> I didn't know that, really. No, I'm, oh. I'm half, half Polish, half Jew. Ah. Wrong half of the bagel, though. So I was raised <laughs> Catholic. Terrible, terrible situation. I have, uh, you know, I fret like a Catholic. I pray like a Jew or I pray like a Catholic and fret like a Jew. I've got guilt squared. Guilt squared. <laughs> terrible. It's terrible, I'm telling you. I bet you do. <laughs> well, I, I got guilty. half that. I, I was raised a Catholic as well, so I'm guilty. Yeah. I don't so care what the charge is. I'm guilty. We're guilty. Yeah, you know, and I keep dreaming at night that the police are going to come and knock on the door and say, we know you sinned. <laughs> <laughs> come get me. <laughs> What's so, going on, uh, Doc? Well, the first of all, we uh, we've got the big event coming up uh, on the third of September, so that's a few weeks away. I did order. Ken asked asked me to order some pens with our logo on it, so I've ordered a thousand pens. They're really nice looking, and I'll see if I can get a picture up for the Facebook crowd at halftime. And uh, then uh, Joe said, "Get bumper stickers," and so I said, "Okay." So I ordered bumper stickers too. Well, and now you see, now you have a prize. Even if you don't give them away that day, you now have a prize package to send out to folks who win the, with the con- with the uh, contest on the uh, second yeah. half of the show. We can add it to the to the little package. So, uh, yeah. And uh, I've got 300 mugs. I believe I have 300 left that we can give out to the first 300 people that show up. It's at 6399 38th Avenue North, uh, St. Pete, Florida. It's a caddy corner from St. Pete General Hospital, about a block and a half east of 66th street north and that's a little less than a mile north of uh, tyrone mall and then if you're coming from interstate 275 just get off on 38th avenue north headed west and it's three miles to my office it's and, easy uh, to get there yeah it's easy we're i mean we're on a main drag so so plus, it should be plus fun. i understand we might have a special guest yeah well i talked with the captain and he said he he was saying about coming down so Hopefully he'll uh, drop in. Of course, we have to keep a, you know, we got to put the leash on him, though, because he'll take over the show. <laughs> God love him. <laughs> hey, he's he's a great addition to any show. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. You know, so, uh, yeah, we appreciate it if Captain drops by. It sounds like he might. I was talking to him about it the other day. So, Yep, so he said he was going to come by, and uh, Mary's coming with, uh, with her bow, and... Uh, Joe and, and Robert will be there. By the way, Joe and Robert need to get with me because we have to get the uh, logistics of the of the internet hooked up and all that. And oh, Robert's already thinking about it. He's already talked to me about it. So, 
He just needs yeah, some. He's got to come down here. He just needs to see what you got set up now, so he can. Well, send him down. Send that old man down here. <laughs> I will. I'll tell him on. He's due for an tomorrow. office visit anyway. He's due for an office visit. Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. Tell him to make an appointment, and we'll we'll do the uh, we'll do the hookups at the same time. I'll let him know when he comes in tomorrow. So I don't know if I told you last week that um, I, I think it was after the show that I found, I picked up this patient. She had come to me a month or two ago for clearance. Uh, the orthopod wanted to do some surgery on her knee, and she had an abnormal electrocardiogram. And so she was sent over to me for further evaluation. And uh, on further evaluation, she had fluid around her heart. And I'm like, what? She didn't have any symptoms. She said she felt fine, said something's not right. So the things that can cause fluid around the heart, of course, are heart failure, um, uh, inflammation, infections around the heart, the lining around the heart, and things like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, and gout can do it, and uh, kidney failure when you got too much fluid on board. So I said, well, this sounds more like an autoimmune problem, like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis and maybe gout. And so I worked her up and she did have gout. And she also had uh, an elevated sed rate, which goes along with autoimmune disease. And she did, and she did test positive for, uh, for lupus, which is in the family of autoimmune diseases. And so I said, I can't clear you and started her on medication and anti-inflammatories, water pills and all that. And she came back another time and I said, no, not yet. You still got fluid. And then she disappeared. She disappeared, Ken. Really? And then I get a, I get a call last week uh, that I have a patient in the ICU. Oh. <laughs> like, what? And so uh, I go in, and it's this lady. And she had had the knee surgery, uh, went home, and came back a couple of days later with congestive heart failure and what looked like a pneumonia. I said, what happened? She said, I didn't like what you had to say, so I went and saw another cardiologist, and he took me off all my medicines and said I was okay for surgery. Okay. I, I, like, well, I, you know, he doesn't know. He's he's all he does is cardiology. He doesn't know anything about autoimmune diseases or any of that. And uh, so that's she, why I go to Doc Handelman. Give that phone number out right now, Doc. Seven two seven three eight four six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one. I am your one stop body shop. Yeah, no so, kidding. This is the guy you want to trust with your life. If you really, I'm not kidding. I mean, I mean so, that 100. percent Anyway, go ahead. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful endorsement. I'll send you that uh, check. I was promised. Yeah, last <laughs> month was late, so get it over here. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, so uh, so she she says I'm not patient. And it turns out that she's got a cruise scheduled for the beginning of September. She wanted to get her knee done and be up and about before the cruise started. And so she decided that she didn't like what I had to say. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you don't want to cancel something like that and book it a month later. I know that's no fun. No. And she's like, every day she's like, I'm getting up and leaving. I said, well, you, you're welcome to, but I don't think you're going to be able to walk out the door until your oxygen levels are a little better. <laughs> she's about ready to go now, though. So we, we've got home health set up, and she's still, I want to go on the cruise. I said, you get on the cruise. Just calm down. She said, I'm not a patient person. Apparently not. No. <laughs> Apparently not. That's got to be really frustrating for doctors when somebody like that comes along, who just pretty much ignores what you have to say. 
Well, you know, when I was younger, I'd take it more personal, but after 45 years, you get used to this and you just, you, you have to take people as they come and uh, you, you have to be willing to work with them and, and remember that we all have faults and, and under stress, we all regress. And most of us, uh, we regress somewhat when we go to the doctor, we become more childlike. And even though doctors are not your parents, they perform a parenting role. I think I've talked about this before. And so it's it's a complicated relationship, and that's why we have to follow the uh, tenets that were laid down by Hippocrates 2,500 years ago on how to behave around patients and what to do and not do and keep their confidence and not have sexual intercourse with them and not take advantage of them and treat everybody the same. Did you know that the Hippocratic Oath says you'll treat everybody the same, whether they're freed or slave? Because, you know, back then, the, the poor people were the slaves. Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, that, I, that's always been the position of the U.S. military, I know, to treat the wounded, whether they were, you know, um, an enemy or not, at least in the doctor's eyes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm not sure about the general. but Yeah, we'll shoot them, hell. <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah. But <laughs> once they get to the doctor, the doctor will try to save the life no matter who it was. That's right. The uniform the comes off, you know. We're here to save lives. But not all lives matter, Ken. That's the problem. I've been told, that, yeah. Yeah. So at any rate, so what do you do with difficult patients? Well, I've I've had to fire a patient this past week, and uh, she's got a lot of problems, and I've been taking care of her for several years. But she comes and goes, and uh, she doesn't want to go to St. Pete General because they lost her necklace one time <laughs> when she was there. Okay. And uh, she doesn't want to go to this doctor or that clinic or this outpatient center. And I said, but these are the places that I use, and I'm not on staff, but I'm only on staff in one hospital because over the years I've dropped off. You know, I'm I'm getting to that age and stage where I'm well-established enough, and, and my needs are such that one little hospital next door is plenty for me. Right. So I had to let her go, and uh, I felt bad, but, uh, you know, I say you need a stress test, and she says, well, I'm not going to St. Pete General, so she goes somewhere, somewhere else and get it. To get it and uh, i'm like wait a minute you know now i don't have the report um i don't know the other doctor i don't know what all he looked at when he did it i don't know if you need further workup and uh, this is not a good situation for you or me you know you have to take a, you have to take into account not only the patient's health and welfare but also your own medical legal situation and if people aren't compliant and uh they have a lot of problems. They're diabetic, uh, hypertensive, high cholesterol, prior heart attacks, uh, diabetic ulcers on their feet, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, You've got to stop and say, wait a minute, is this worth it? Now, it's rare that I've fired a patient, uh, but uh, it has happened. And there are doctors who say, well, You know, if you treat the patient right, you won't have to fire them. And then one ER doctor said he treats everybody as if they're something special. He thinks this is the only special person in the world when I go in the room. And I guess that's a good way to approach it, Ken, but it's it's not always easy. And, of course, an ER doctor doesn't see the return visits and the recurrent, uh, you know, over and over coming back and saying, well, I didn't want to do what you said, so I went and saw somebody else, but now I want to know what you think. No, <laughs> you changed all my medicines, 
And now you want me to say, oh, that's good. Well, that's not what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, look, uh, this may or may not work, but what I had you on was working. <laughs> you know? All right. Well, we, you're never going to please everybody. There's always going to be a few who are going to say, who think they know better. There, there's people that are difficult, Ken, that no matter what, uh, they're not satisfied at, or they're impatient or they're rude and abusive and angry and you try to work with them and, and uh, they teach us all kinds of little tricks to deal with angry people. Uh, the best one I learned was to just pull my pistol out and shoot. the rest <laughs> of the but, but apparently the state board, they, they won't let you do that. Wouldn't that be a yeah. violation of the Hippocratic Oath? I mean, you could save them, I guess. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, you shoot them, then you save them. Then you this save one, them. Then you charge yeah. them. <laughs> no, 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 no cavity shots, no head shots. Just wing them in the arm of the leg. <laughs> and then charge them for the surgery. That's right. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, you got to make sure they have insurance. No insurance. Well, yeah, I'm sure. well, you. <laughs> All right, Doc. What else is going on out there? How's oh, the, everything at home? How's the knee and everything and the uh, condo? Everything okay? Yeah, um, the wife's toilet was, the flapper was leaking, and she was upset about that. So I spent uh, an hour yesterday running around getting a new flapper and putting that back. And, you know, the flapper is that little floaty thing in the in the tank that lets the water in to flush uh, the bowl. And uh, hers was dripping. Ah. And, and she just could not have that. I mean, we can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a waste of water, I guess. Yeah, and it bothers her too. Makes no so yeah. We got that fixed. At any rate, we've got things going on. Uh, we're meeting with the roofer for one of the buildings across from our building on Monday, and uh, the woman who has been complaining the loudest has apparently started a recall to recall me, get me off the board. Good <laughs> luck. Good luck with that, baby. <laughs> well, I'm sorry and, to hear that, Doc. Uh, hey, it might be a blessing. <laughs> I, th- I think you'll probably win that vote. Yeah, I don't think I'm not worried about that, but uh, I'm worried about getting that roof fixed. That's an important thing. That's we what makes that. you. That's what makes you a good leader. Yeah, yeah, we want to get that done, and you do it no matter what. You do it no matter what. Uh, you take care of your constituents, and you don't treat everybody's the same. You don't treat somebody differently because they're your friend or they're your enemy. You treat everybody the same, and you do the same thing. And of course. Some people want things to move faster than just like this patient. She wanted to get her surgery done and, and get out the door and be on her cruise. And, and the surgeon's like, I don't understand. All I did was a scope. She wouldn't, you know, she wasn't even hardly asleep. I said, it's, that's not, it's not the anesthesia. It's the tissue reaction. When you have an autoimmune disease, if somebody has rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or Wagner's or some other autoimmune disease, and you start cutting on them, you're going to stir up their immune system. It's just that's just part of the response, you know. When you when you cut yourself, the white blood cells and red blood cells and all the platelets and everything come out, and they start a reaction, seal it off, and kill the bacteria that are coming in. Now, I don't want to suggest for a moment that the other doctor may have been negligent, but it was just is it just because you have so much experience and well, so I many mean, fields I, that you can puzzle this yeah, all together. Yeah, I dabble, and you know me, I'm reading all the time. I mean, if you look at my. Uh, WGUL folder in, in, in my OneDrive, there's like two or 3,000 articles in there over the years that I've reviewed. And not all, I haven't read all of them in depth. You know, some of them I skimmed and some of them I read in, 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 in a pretty deep 
way dove into them, especially the COVID stuff, because Fauci at SOB, he'd just read the, the abstract and then he'd go before Congress and he hadn't read the whole article. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not what the article ended up saying. You're you're not quoting it right. So you gotta you gotta investigate, you gotta study, you gotta read. And I think that the, it's hard for people to do because they're busy, Ken. Yeah, but years in the business will help. Yeah, so you got to get, and you have to pick a, you have to pick a business, and you have to stay with it. So, I mean, if you're if you're an arborist, then you stay with trees, and you know a lot about trees. If you're a cellist, you, then you play your cello and and learn a lot about playing a cello. Uh, and that doesn't mean you can't do other things, but you have to have a primary interest. I've always said two things. I want to see. I want, I want. I want to see gray hair on my doctor, and I want to see gray hair on my pilot. I don't want any well, kids. Still, I don't want any I'm kids still, up there. I'm silver blonde, so close enough. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I got into it with one of the doctors at the hospital. She's a surgeon, so I mean they're idiots anyway. But <laughs> and, uh, and I told her I said, and I said this on the show, you know, that daytime napping is good for you. It increases your motor skills and your intellect and and there are studies to show that daytime napping helps them grow the brain the brain's bigger and she said oh you're making that up so i've been carrying around three or four articles for the past several days waiting to patch her in the lunchroom <laughs> pounce on her and hit her over the head with these things i take a 45 said, minute nap every day it's very refreshing yeah yeah and it, it, it helps the brain and you're you're more you're more awake and alert. You get more done, and it's just it's proven over and over and over again to be a good thing and not a bad thing. Correct so, me if I'm wrong, Doc, but isn't it the brain that needs to sleep and not the body, essentially? Well, my body's too drunk to know whether it's awake <laughs> or asleep, but my brain appreciates me laying down and shutting it down. So, yes, you need to sleep. And I had one patient come in, and this is the first time I've heard this. She had anxiety over... Uh, not being able to sleep because she was afraid if she didn't sleep, she was going to die and therefore she couldn't go to sleep. <laughs> so that was, that, that's the first time I've heard that one. Yeah. That was well, a little vicious. First, she's got a vicious circle going there. You've got a bad one there. I said, look, first of all, you are sleeping. You just don't know it because if you don't sleep, I think it's about 120 hours uh, when they were, when the Nazis were doing all their terrible experiments on the Jews and the Slovaks. Uh, they would keep people awake uh, and to see how long they could survive. It was about 120 hours, and then you die. You so die. If yeah, and so if you walk into my office and tell me you're not sleeping, the first thing I say is, "You're sleeping. You're just not sleeping the way you want." And um, so that was the first time I heard that. But I did add, I did give her some uh, some medication that would help with her anxiety and her depression and. You That's gotta, the way some people you, are. You got one complicated job there, Doc. I know, and uh, it's a, but it's a fun. You know, it, it's a challenge. It it's, it makes me stretch my brain, and I, I enjoy it. That kind of and, this, the staying active is that important when it comes to like Alzheimer's and dementia and all that. Absolutely, all the studies show that. Now there is a study that can be done that will show you if you're pre-Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's. It's pretty pretty accurate. It's called an amyloid PET scan. So it's a specific type of amyloid that lights up in the brain when they do a PET scan. It's a radioactive amyloid, 
And if that's deposited in the right places in your brain, then you, you got the disease. So you can scan for it. And there are some genetic predispositions like we've talked about before you can order, but I don't think the insurance companies will pay for it. And I think there's a blood test that will uh, tell you if you have it, but it, it won't rule it out. It'll rule it in. So it's, it, it, it's, uh, it doesn't pick up every Alzheimer's disease. And then a lot of these Alzheimer's patients are really not Alzheimer's. They're small vessel disease of the brain because most of us have a loss of small vessels in our brain as we grow older. And what happens is that the tail of the nerves, the nerve cells are, that sit up in the gray matter on the outer part of the brain there, they have these long tails that dive down into the center of the brain and their tails rely upon smaller blood vessels further down the chain to survive. And even though the surface is well perfused with blood and the body of the of the neurons of the brain cells are alive the tails die so you don't you don't make connections from one from one center to another so the brain's kind of like a big switchboard and you've got nodes and areas where there's an operator and she punches this line into that and and uh but if you lose that operator or you lose those connections then you get dementia. And that's probably more common than Alzheimer's, although the Alzheimer's Association would not agree with me because then they wouldn't get as much funding. <laughs> they couldn't get as many people donating to them. But there are tests. Well, I know my dad had it. My grandfather had it, so I'll probably end up with it. Well, Ken, I've been wanting to talk to you, but you keep forgetting what I, I can't you. remember what time I'm supposed to be there. <laughs> So did you see where uh, where the South Korean president and the Japanese prime minister got together and they mended the fences? You know, they had been uh, the, the South Koreans had had a bad taste in their mouth uh, ever since the Japanese invaded them at the turn of the last century and kind of used them like uh, redheaded stepchildren. And they even had taken some of the women and forced them into prostitution during the, the world wars that they were waging. So. They finally have kissed and made up at Camp David, no less. And so China has got to be very disappointed in the news. Well, it's, yeah. They're scared. Yes, they are. They were trying to woo at least Japan into their orbit. That ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. And they're not going to get South Korea either. So, I mean, the, the, the South Koreans and the Japanese are much closer ethnically and and uh, uh, culturally than the, uh, the Japanese and the Chinese. And remember, the Chinese tried to invade the Japanese more than once, and it was that uh, kamikaze, that divine wind, that saved the Japanese from the Chinese invasion, what, seven, eight, nine hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really, China is in a bad spot right now. Yeah. They're surrounded. Essentially, they're surrounded. They've got the, the Philippines are now back with us. They go back and forth like a ping-pong ball. But I think they're with us now. And yeah, we got money. That's right. <laughs> and, the big, and, the, and, the bom- and the big bombers and all that stuff, too, and the nuclear. Well, yeah, and uh, remember, the Chinese are struggling right now. Their economy is, is slowing down. And I saw one blurb in the Wall Street Journal that said, for the first time in 40 years, their economy is not growing. And the social contract with the people is that as long as the economy's good and we're getting well fed and we've got cell phones and we can, you know, get a motor scooter or whatever and take a little trip here and there on the on the bullet trains, then we're not going to pester you guys in, in Beijing. But what happens when 
that doesn't work anymore. And then they got problems. They got big problems. And they've got a negative uh, population growth. Uh, so they're going to start having problems with workers. They've got a high unemployment rate in their 18 to 30-year-old, 18 to 25-year-old. Yeah, it's like 25%. It's terrible. Mm. It's like 25%. And, and you know what, Ken? Most of these guys, most of these people are guys. The, there's a real... There's a real dearth, a real uh, scarcity of women, uh, especially in that 30 to 40 age range because of the uh, one child rule that they had for a long time. Now, you could have two children, but you had to pay taxes. You had to pay more. And so a lot of people aborted and uh, they would wait for a son because the son was more profitable. You know, a son could go out and work. And in the Confucian society, the oldest son was supposed to take care of the parents and the family. So, you know, you could kick the female fetuses aside or embryos or whatever. So now they've got an unemployed male population upset. Yeah, yeah, and no women. Yeah. You know, there's like two men for every woman, and the women have got, they, they get their pick, and of course they don't want to have kids. They're, they're like the women all over the world. They don't want to have kids anymore. Yeah, they, so, got, they got the death problem as well. We, did we talk about the death problem they have? No, tell us. Oh, it's terrible. They they built all of these buildings, residential homes, whatever, and it was all on debt. But nobody's got any money to buy them anymore, apparently. So <laughs> companies that they never thought would go bankrupt are going under. They did, they missed a huge one corporation missed a huge payment just last week. Oh yeah, the their real estate is in trouble. You know they they were heavily heavily leveraged, and the Japanese had that problem. What in the 1980s, 1990s. Remember the yen collapsed because they had put so much into real estate. Yeah, and, right. It took them like a, a decade to get back to it. Yeah, it took them a decade to dig out of that. And so the Chinese have got a real problem going on. I, I, I don't want to see them sink into chaos uh, because uh, you know an unstable Russia and an unstable China. That's an unstable world. They're they're big countries, both in terms of the population the two have. And also just the landmass, because what, uh, Russia's the largest, then Canada, then China, then the United States. So China's the third largest landmass country. We used to be bigger, and then they took Tibet. I hate them. <laughs> but, well, yeah, so it's a dangerous situation. It really is. Dangerous situation, and uh, and, and the Russians are going to resent being under the Chinese thumb. Uh, they, they've never wanted to be under, they'd never wanted to be the junior partner in that relationship. And Stalin made sure that they were the senior partner when Mao was around. So now the Russians are, they're in trouble. They're, they're having trouble in their economy. Although it has held up fairly well to this point, it's going to start cracking. And, uh, they've been hurt by the sanctions that we put on them. Things take time, Ken. Yeah. It takes time to play itself out. You're right. And, and I understand that we now have F-16s on the ground in Ukraine, but they can't fly them. I heard that they were sending them over. Yeah, but they, they're not trained. The pilots aren't trained yet. Well, put them in the cockpit and train them, damn it. They said it's going to take a, to, uh, probably a year. Oh, for God's sake. That's we what I said. Yeah, exactly what I said. And then I see where Sweden is helping. Uh, uh, they're they're going to let the... Uh, uh, let the uh, Ukrainians build military arms in Sweden. So, oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, the Swedes are scared. They they don't 
they haven't been at war for 200 years, so they don't know what to do. I figure, well, hell, we'll let the Ukrainians take the lead. <laughs> Let's supply them. Hey, did you hear about this neonatal nurse over in London? Um, she's been arrested, and uh, she'd been accused of mass murdering seven or eight neonates. Uh, really? She, yeah, she uh, she overdosed them on insulin and shot air into their IV lines and uh, overfed them, and she describes herself as evil, and now she says, well, I didn't do that. But apparently the hospital administration noted that there was a, a big jump in neonatal deaths in, in uh, one of the big neonatal units over in London. I forget which hospital it is. Um, it's named after a queen or a king, of course. Of course, yeah. Yeah, everything's named after a king or queen over there. Well, that's, um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. That is just crazy. She's crazy. Yeah, and uh, it was the... At the Countess of Chester Hospital in Chester in Northern England. Okay. I'm sorry, it's not in London. I guess she's being tried in London. And uh, so they noticed that the infant mortality in the neonatal ICU was jumping when she when she was on duty. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, you know, well, you better take a look at that. <laughs> wow. Now, we've had we've had problems like that with uh, with uh, codes and stuff. I've seen that in different hospitals over the years where you get a crazy uh, – healthcare worker and usually a nurse sometimes respiratory therapist or somebody else and they're they're thrilled by causing someone to go into cardiac arrest and then rushing in and saving them and then they, they like that and so we've we've caught a couple of people doing that of course there's a, a a lot of nurses over the years that have had drug problems and doctors too anesthesiologists uh, but that's all been pretty much tamed because of the uh, computerized distribution now they have these these uh, drawers that are locked and they don't open unless you enter the patient's key and the, their id and you have two people watching when you take narcotics out so it's it's gotten better but we have had problems over the years it's kind of like a, i guess um we've seen this in the past as well firefighters who light fires yeah, yeah, and remember the probably the most prolific guy on the West Coast was the uh, chief of some little fire department, and he was an expert, and he'd give talks at all the fire firemen's conferences. <laughs> he ended up starting, I don't know, a hundred fires or something like that. All right, he's amazing at figuring out what happened because he said it. Okay, all right, Doc, let's uh, move on, shall we? To yeah, a let's question. Get, let's let's get, do a question. Yeah, throw a question out there, Ken. Yes. Um, Today's question, if you've been listening to the show, you have the answer. Will we talk about it in the first half of the show? Today's question for two, Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. First person with the correct answer will win at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. What is happening? Here's a question. What is happening two weeks from today that you will want to attend? Yay! <laughs> you got the right answer. You'll win if you're the first one with the right answer. That is 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. Anything else, Doc? Um, we'll be right back. And uh, I was going to say something, but I forgot what I was going to say. We'll pick it up I've, on the other I've side. I've caught your dementia, Ken. I've caught your dementia. That's, <laughs> yes. that's a terrible thing. A mind is a terrible thing to base. <laughs> All right, Doc. All right, we'll be right back. I'm Dr. Bill. got Ken by my side. I'm going to grab a cup of joe. See you in a minute. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. 
With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Keeping an eye on Hurricane Hillary now, maximum sustained winds of 80 miles per hour and beginning to decrease its Category 1 hurricane. Probably will make landfall, we are told, along a sparsely populated area of Baja, Mexico, California. Uh, However, uh, it's still supposed to be dangerous, and heavy winds and rain could be a problem as well. Russia's Roscosmos Space Agency says the Luna 25 spacecraft has crashed into the moon after it spun into an uncontrollable orbit, bringing a premature end to the country's first lunar mission since 1976. Wildfires on Maui, wildfires in Canada, too. They're battling the blazes back uh, near the capital of the Canadian Northwest Territories, as well as the threatened city in British Columbia. This is SRN News. It took KM860, The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Dunedin. By downloading The Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare Clinic, offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 6411 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. Today will be mainly cloudy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. The hobby 90. Tonight, patchy clouds and a low 78. Tomorrow, intervals of clouds and sun. The hobby 97. Tomorrow night, clear skies and a low 77. On Tuesday, sunny partly cloudy. It'll be warm with a thunderstorm in spots late in the afternoon. The high will be 96. That's your accurate the forecast. I'm Garrett Beck for AM 860. The answer. <music> And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. I got Ken with me, and we're doing a radio show and streaming live on Facebook. And uh, I've found something that I think will help me stream it on multiple platforms. So we'll get that squared away and 
someday I'm going to be famous, Ken. <laughs> You're already famous, Doc. Well, I'm a I'm a I'm a medium sized fish in a medium sized pond, so to speak. But uh, we'll get there. Well, We're doing good. This is going to help. We're having a live show coming up in a couple of weeks, September third. We want Sunday. To see, we want to see. Y'all. Go ahead. <laughs> Go, yeah, go ahead. Want to see you all out there because um, we're going to have a great time. We're going to have a special guest. Captain's going to come out and join us, maybe, we hope. He says he will. Yeah. And uh, stuff to give away. And it looks like, I'll bet, I'll bet we see Patty Pollock there. I hope so. Because Patty Pollock of Palm Harbor. By the way, that's fun to say. Patty Pollock she of Palm Harbor. Excuse me? She won the mug? She won the two mugs. That's right. Or the two mugs. Patty Pollock. P-O-L-L-A-C-K. P-O-L-L-A-K. A.K. Uh, Palm Harbor. So you're saying it all, Patty Pollock of Palm Harbor. It's fun. <laughs> Very good. Patty Pollock of Palm Harbor. Thanks, Patty. We love you, baby. We appreciate you listening to the show. And Ken and I feel like we're a value. Well, Ken feels like he's a value because he gets a paycheck for doing it. <laughs> I'd love to do it. I would do this show for free. Oh, you're Don't so tell sweet. Joe, but I would. Yeah. No, I'm not telling Joe anything because then he'll, he'll be after both of us. <laughs> so, Patty. Count on getting a couple of Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs in the mail. And thanks to everybody who tried to win the. Uh, and thanks to everybody who listens. We appreciate you. We love you. We yeah. need you. We, we want you. And we want to see you out there next uh, two, two weeks from today. Yeah, two weeks from today. Come on out and uh, join us. So at 8.30, we're going to let people in. I don't know how you can keep them out since it's a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Come out around 8.30 and uh, see if you can grab a parking spot. Walk on over to the back lot of the hospital or the office, rather, across from the hospital. And uh, we'll probably be there earlier than that setting up. So we'll probably have some some of the uh, nerds in the audience that want to come and watch and see how we set up with the truck and all that. But it is fascinating to see, you know, a lot of gear, a lot of gear. Well, you know what? It's fun. We're going to have a good time. But not as much gear as in the old days. Ken. Oh, no, I mean, nowhere close. Nowhere close. You know, you can take a laptop and a, and a desktop microphone and you can do a podcast from anywhere in the world or a radio show from anywhere in the world. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, in the old days, we used to have uh, Marty antennas. And, oh, it was terrible. No, it was, it was something else. It was, a lot, it was a lot of work for the guy doing it, let me tell you. Oh, a lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> it's much easier now. And you had to haul around 50 pounds worth of equipment, and that's before you even got the truck out there for the remote broadcast. Yeah, it, it was bad, yeah. Those were those were the times when uh, men were iron, the ships were wooden, and the sheep were nervous. <laughs> those days are gone, though, Ken. Okay. <laughs> I died. So cracks deepen for America's biggest hospital landlord. Uh, apparently, their stock dropped seven point six percent. Medical Properties Trust uh, they own a lot of of the actual hospitals and then they lease them out to the hospital corporations. I think HCA owns most of theirs, but uh, some of the hospital corporations do not. And with uh, the drop in hospital admissions, uh, the pandemic hurt a lot of hospitals, helped some. And also the shift from inpatient to outpatient procedures like uh, arthroscopes and hips and knees and even even now they're doing back and neck surgery outpatient. Did you know that? That I hadn't heard yet. Yeah, they're doing. You can go in and get your neck uh, cranked open and uh, fused and rods and all that. You go home the same day. It's unbelievable. 
I'm stunned. I really am. Yeah, it, it's just, I mean, it's getting to where pretty soon they're going to put a stent in your heart and you'll lay around for 12 hours. And if you're fine, the big boot comes and out you go. <laughs> so at any rate, uh, we've got that problem with the hospitals and uh, and the landlords and all that. And I guess that's similar to the real estate problem they're having in China, only it's specific for one small market. But the, the the commercial real estate market has not been good in the United States for the past several years. People are working from home. Uh, there's less of a demand. Uh, doctor's offices are are not in demand because the the young doctors are joining these mega groups and they they uh, you know they kind of like hot bunk office space so that they don't have their own office they share it with two or three other people and uh, they're there for a couple three days a week and then somebody else comes in so it, it, it's it's a big problem uh, there's there's a real drop in the uh, in the real estate, the commercial real estate. And we didn't, I mean, we did okay. We were able to pay off debts when we sold our building and um, put a little bit more money into the stock market, but we didn't, it wasn't a big killing. Our That's home it. sold for more than our office building did. Oh, I believe office, I believe that. Yeah. Our office building was 10,000 square feet, Ken. But was it on the beach? No, it wasn't on the water. So I see yeah. See, that's the problem. Location, location, location. Some of these skyscrapers in like New York, Chicago, L.A., they're half empty now. and they're, It's a real problem for these guys. Yeah, it's a big problem. So uh, if somebody says, oh, you ought to invest in commercial real estate, I'd, I'd hold off on that. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd wait. But there are a lot of corporations now saying you got to come back. you got to come back. And I, part of it's, I think, because of the demand of the office space. Well, yeah, I'm sure. And also, I think they want more control over their employees, although the, the insurance companies, uh, you know, the big companies like United and Blue Cross and, and Aetna, they're sending people home to work. They give them a computer and they can actually tell how much work they do because they can monitor the computer usage. They can see what websites they go to. And so people just sit at home and uh, and do do work from home on their computer. They 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 approve or disapprove of uh, various procedures for patients, and uh, they look at their their eligibility for insurance, and they look up their benefits for them, and all that. And it's it's a uh, it's a fascinating world. Oh, did you hear that the uh, that the big uh, Blue Cross of California that they're dumping? Um, I think it's uh, it's not Walgreens. I think CVS Caremark, I believe, is the name of the of the pharmacy benefits manager and they say they've had enough that uh, they don't have any control and so they're going in in a partnership with with somebody else to have more control over their pharmacy benefits because they're they're paying out too many tens of millions of dollars uh, they feel for uh, prescription drugs that could be bought a lot cheaper or put them in the in the driver seat to actually negotiate with the drug companies directly and that's, of course, what uh, a lot of people have wanted to see Medicare and Medicaid do, and Congress has blocked that because of the strong lobby that the pharmaceutical companies have. Well, not, they want to take out the middleman, and that sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, because the pharmacy benefit managers, they're, they're part of corporations, and so they want to make a profit. So they're, they're trying to squeeze both ends. So they try to squeeze the producer, and then they try to – get more out of the consumer end of it, you know, the Blue Cross and Blue Shield and 
and Medicare and so on and so forth. So this is a good thing. I think this is a good, this is the way capitalism should work. Give them the boot, baby. Give them the boot. Yeah. Let's, I, I see no reason for a middleman there, but you know, who am I? No, and, I'm just no, a voter. I, that's all. And you cannot believe how cheap some of these generic drugs are because we buy these wholesale and uh, package them for the Canadians as a convenience in the winter. Uh, we don't, sell much to Americans because Americans have usually have a, a an insurance plan with uh, a drug plan with their insurance. And so we, we're not on any of those plans. We haven't applied to any of those. It's a little bit more paperwork than we think it's worth. So, uh, but uh, we do that. And I mean, you just, you cannot believe how cheap some of the antibiotics are. And then other things have jumped up like doxycycline, which used to be, you know, $5 prescription for a 10 day course. And now it's like 80 bucks. Why? Why has this jumped up? Greed. I don't know. Just greed. Die. Well, I think it's also that uh, there's shortages. There's a lot of uh, manufacturers that have quit making medications in the United States have farmed it out to China or India and uh, that the cost of doing business has gone up. And, of course, after uh, President Trump, the, the uh, import duties have climbed tremendously. We need to get our own industries built back up here, especially our pharmaceutical industries. That that's just ridiculous. Yeah, didn't a few years back didn't insulin go from like ten dollars to five hundred or something? It was a massive increase. It was just ridiculous, and I still don't know why. Um, it, it might have had something to do with the manufacturing process. You know, the, in the old days, we used uh, pig or cow insulin because it was pretty close to human insulin, but not a hundred percent. And now everything is genetically engineered so that the insulin you get now, it is exactly the same as the insulin that humans make. Oh, well, that, that, that's the reason, okay? It's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons. And then there's, there's production costs that come along with uh, the increase in production costs of everything in, in, in the world these days. And then there's also corporate profits. And there's pharmaceutical companies, I mean, pharmacy benefit managers that are getting in the middle of there, and they're, they're trying to make a little bit of money on it, take a piece of the action. And it's it's a bad situation for diabetics. It really is. But the good thing is that the genetically engineered di- diabetic uh, insulin is uh, is not going to cause you problems like the old ones. People would build up antibodies, Ken, to the cow and pig insulins. And uh, then you'd have to keep giving them more and more and more, and uh, it, it was a, it was a big to do. If uh, uh, if you need if you aren't getting some sort of reaction from, it, are those still available, or do you have to take the generic the, the uh, generator or whatever you just said there a second ago? I'm sure that it's available, but I don't think that the pharmacy benefit managers are carrying that anymore. I would probably ship that if if it's even made in the United States, it's probably shipped out of the country. Mm-hmm. But you know the process has become so automated to make a genetically engineered uh, uh, insulin. You know, you can, you can manipulate little bacteria like E. coli uh, to uh, make human insulin. And uh, we pay them well, too. They get to live on a Petri dish for free while they're working. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Full room and board. I like that. Good, yeah. We have a little surprise for them at the end. Well, though. you know. <laughs> Nothing lasts forever. It's like though. being a cow. You're going to have a good life till yeah, you know, at the end. Yep. And now California's they say they're not going to allow bacon to be sold if the pigs are grown or raised in uh, 
enclosed spaces that are too small. Did you know that? They're going to send inspectors out from California. And if you don't grow the pigs right, if you don't raise the pigs in, in a humane manner, then they're not going to let that bacon be sold in California. Really? And, I that, yeah. That's news to me. I hadn't heard that one either. Yeah. Got to be kosher. What's the problem here? What's going on? Well, they apparently they had too many pigs in one pen, and uh, you know they thought that was inhumane. I see. It's okay. Yeah, I've seen the pigs. I mean, the the pigs weren't complaining, but apparently <laughs> there was some underlying uh, uh, unionization that was going on. So, <laughs> I understand the chickens have the same problem. Well, the other problem with chickens too was that we had the we had the bird flu sweep through them right after the pandemic, and uh, that drove the price of chicken up along with with the manufacturing and shipping and the supply chain and all that. Now, the the bird flu is uh, the that that has been tamed; that's under control, and the chicken population is growing again. But that made a shortage of eggs, and it was not just in the United States; it was worldwide. Did you know that? India. I, no, I thought it was just. I thought this one just affected us. Yeah. Well, infected the whole world. In fact, India was selling eggs to Indonesia and uh, different countries because they were having so much trouble with the, the death of their their chickens. So, there I, you go. Yeah. Okay. I I find it hard to believe that the flu could spread like that amongst chickens. They would have to be personal contact, wouldn't there? Yeah, but they, they they're carried by by uh, wild birds that fly around and mm. pick it up from one from one coop and then fly to another coop and drop in and steal some of their food and cough and sneeze on the chickens there. Okay. So that's how it spread. It's spread by wild birds. Through the air, just like, uh, just like we do. Just like we do. That's right. Sneezing on each other and coughing and hawking up a loogie. And well, there we go. Everybody out of the air, birds, planes, nobody in the air. Everybody's out. That's right. And Oh yeah. Speaking of planes, don't forget, we've got those F 16 deliveries to, uh, Ukraine Western officials say, uh, and, and like you said, they may not be ready to use them because the training's not there. These are cutting edge because, you know, the F-16 is still a good plane, even though it's, what, about 35, 40 years old. They're still producing it, Kent, and they're producing it with the newer uh, electronics and technology, and I'm sure they've got a better engine on those things. Yeah, I think it's one of the best-selling planes ever for military. Ever. Oh, yeah. And I think this is going through the Netherlands, so we're we're using the Netherlands as an intermediate, so that uh, the Russians can't say, "Well, you're supplying directly." No, nah, we're not. We're, we're what I don't stuff. understand, what I don't understand about this, Doc, this war's been going on for a year now. They've been talking about getting F-16s for a year now, at least. So why wouldn't we have guys over here already training in the U.S.? Would that be a violation of? Were they afraid the Russians would get mad? I mean, what? What? Why would they not train these guys here or some other NATO nation? You know, I, I don't know. They probably were training some, but not enough. And now the ones that they train will go back and be the trainers. Uh, I would guess for the uh, other pilots in the Ukraine, and and I think also uh, we want to make sure that if we did send those planes over, that they would be safe from uh, Russian bombing. So. Had to make sure that part of the country was secure, which I guess it is now. I mean, you know, the Russians are still flying in drones from time to time and and shelling, but I don't think they're hitting as hard as they did initially. You know, they penetrated pretty deep in, into Ukraine at one point and then got pushed back. So it's it's complex. Plus, you're dealing with bureaucrats. Nothing <laughs> happens fast. That's you right. Hey, you're dealing with the government. What am I? What am you're I? Dealing thinking? with the government. What am I thinking? Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like uh, somebody in the lunchroom said, well, if the FBI knew about the 9-11 terrorists, why didn't they pick them up? I said, well, hell, they were probably on lunch break. <laughs> that way, they're government employees, for God's sakes. And, yeah. and you know, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna react more than they're going to act. I think that's just human nature, though, don't you? Oh, absolutely. It's easier. You, you don't want to uh, – the Biden administration, I'm sure, is, is afraid to take any step that would – uh, infuriate um, Vlad over there. Oh yeah. So they they want to they want to make sure and and we don't know how much money uh, Smoking Joe and his family got from the Russians and uh, you know the Russians and the Ukrainians and who's who's holding what over his head and saying if you don't do this then we're going to do that and yeah so yeah so you don't know I mean it, uh, we we do know that uh, that his son got money from the widow of the mayor of moscow did you know that i hadn't heard that no yeah no she gave one or two million for yeah. some kind of favor to, to hunter, being hunter. A, for being a good boy yeah okay. yeah well you know hunter who lives at home and leaves crack around the house <laughs> <laughs> what it makes no difference what color that house may be no that or the, who or who owns it that's I mean, right yeah it's our house and the, we're just running it out temporarily to the guy that's the president <laughs> Oh my God! Can you believe a guy's in his fifties and he's still living at home with his parents? <laughs> How sad! Smoking crack. I, I, I know. Mean, it's just sad. Just and this is the president of the United States, Ken. <laughs> well, then I remember Billy Beer, and I said, "Well, you know, <laughs> could be worse, I guess." Yeah, I saw a little blurb on on, uh, on uh, President Carter. You know, he's ninety eight years old, ninety nine years old. I did not realize he was that old, so he's our longest living president now. And his grandson says he's still pretty, uh, still pretty aware. And uh, I guess uh, Rosalind is uh, demented now, but she can recognize family. But uh, Rosalind so, is still alive. Yeah, they're both still alive. Wow, there must be peanuts. Yeah, well, you know, what? I'm start eating peanuts. Peanuts has resveratrol in it, which is one of the uh, one of the medications that uh, are one of the alkaloids or chemicals that has been tied to longevity so that's in uh legumes like uh, peanuts and uh and um, soybeans and it's also in almonds and other nuts from trees um, but be careful when you're out picking those nuts from trees because some, sometimes there's big nuts and they'll jump on you <laughs> out of the tree, well monkey on the head i'm uh, i'll do just eating doc i don't do a lot of picking so no, don't don't go out, don't go play under the uh, the uh, almond trees. No, I don't 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 play under any trees anymore. No, no those days no. are long gone. Yeah. Yeah. Way too hot. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. Now we got about a minute twenty four left to go in the show. Let's remind them about the uh, well, a big live show coming up. Don't forget about that. We got a big live show coming up September third. Uh, fun starts at eight thirty. The show will run from nine to ten, and then Ken and I will have a meet and greet for half an hour or so until we're till our hands and arms are tired from shaking and hugging and kissing. So circle your so circle your calendars or mark it on your phone calendar, whatever you gotta do. Give yourself a reminder on that. Two yeah, weeks, and two weeks at, from it'll today. Be at, it'll be at the office at six three nine nine thirty eighth Avenue North in the parking lot. We got a pretty good sized parking lot. And we've had two thousand people in that parking lot before. So we should we should be able to easily fit a thousand people in there and have fun. This a back parking lot? Back parking yeah. lot and we're gonna give away uh 300 mugs, 
to the first 300 people. We've ordered a thousand pins, Dr. Bill pins, and a couple thousand bumper stickers. So we should have enough goodies to go around. Mary is coming down to help hand things out. And uh, Captain Matt might show, yeah. Captain's going to show up, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And if you need information, you can call us at the station at 877-969-8600 or call the office at 727-384-6411-727-384-6411. But there's not a whole lot to tell you. You got it if you're listening. Bye, Doc. Bye, buddy. To Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.